Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Good evening, good evening, good good morning. Six minutes left till noon, but hey, good to see you guys in the house of God this morning. And uh, it's all love. It's all love, man. It's, it's all love. I'm just thankful to be here today, and I want to just, uh, you know, just thankful that um, I've had the opportunity. I want to thank the praise team for leading us out. Thank you so much, each one of you guys, that God has just gifted you guys so much. Poor man, I haven't heard that song. This is the air I breathe in a while, and that just, that was speaking to me. And it's a reminder to us that today, each one of us have been gifted the breath. There's one thing that we could be thankful is just breath. That's it. That's it. That keeps us moving. That keeps us walking. That keeps us living. That keeps us, and I'm just thankful for that this morning. Thank you for that reminder. Um, I just want to say, I just want to give a shout out to Pastor Meshach, Pastor Meshach as well, and at the same time, Pastor Seth for allowing me this space to be here today and to share a word with you, uh, my Relove family, man. It's good to be here. First time here in the building, and it's good to be here. My wife, Vanessa, is out we tried to be in here, but with the kids, a, a two-year-old and a three-and-a-half, it kind of gets hard. So she's out there listening to me, and so we're blessed to be here as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to start off and just kind of, uh, let's just have a word of prayer as we begin. God, Lord, we thank you for allowing us this space to worship you to be reminded who you are, God. And so today, as we open your word and we take time, we just pray that you can speak into our hearts and lives. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My message today is entitled, Just Wait. Just Wait. And I was thinking about this, and I want you guys just to lurk to the people next to you. Just tell them my message, just wait. Just look at five people around you. Just tell them, hey, just wait, just wait. We're about to eat in a bit, so just wait, just wait. Pastor's sermon's about to be short, just wait. But just wait, just wait. I want to speak into this message this morning entitled, Just Wait. Now, let me be honest with you guys for a couple minutes. And one of the things that I have a hard time is waiting. Is waiting. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. One of the hardest things I have is about waiting. I'm not sure if it happens to you or not. And if I can get my next slide up there, um, if it happens to you or not. But, but waiting, it doesn't come easy. Waiting is something that we all tend to struggle with. I'll be honest with you. If there is one of the longest ways. Let me see. Let me see. Take a guess. Take a guess. What is one of the longest ways that we sometimes have to do as human beings? Somebody help me out here. Huh? DMV, right? DMV, yes, DMV, that's right, that's right. That's the DMV is a long way. What are some other ways that we, you might think it's the longest way? I'm going to challenge that one, but I'm going to tell you right now. What's another long way that we sometimes have to make as human beings? What would you guys say? Waiting for someone to get ready. Come on now, come on now. And the wife, he's pointing at him and be like, yo, that's him. Right. Waiting for someone to get ready. That's right, that's right. Huh? Say it again? Which? TSA. Oh, yeah, the, air, the, the, the airport. Yeah, the TSA line, especially LAX, man. That's why I try to fly from Ontario or any other. Yeah, TSA line is crazy. But I'll, I'm going to challenge that. 
the longest line, and I, and I might, the longest line to wait, and it's happened to me, and I can speak, maybe, I don't know if it's happened to you or not, but the longest wait that I had to make as human being is the waiting for gas at Costco. <laughs> waiting for gas at Costco. I'm telling you, church family, just the other, just yesterday, me and my wife, it's a Friday, and for some reason, everybody in Loma Linda, all the Adventists are right there, you know what I'm saying? And they're all, for some reason or another, all their tanks are on empty. And so I remember me and my wife, we had just finished our, uh, we were just at this academy and we just shared a word with the children there and we were headed right back to where we were. And as we were headed back, I said, babe, we got to go to Costco because, you know, we get that four, we got that Costco credit card, so we get that 4% on gas. Come on now. I got to use that up. No, forget Arco, forget Chevron. I'm going to a Costco gas. So as I was going to Costco gas, I noticed this line was out. I mean, it was, it was worse than the freeway. It was worse than the freeway. I, I literally tried to maneuver my way through Costco. And you know, people cutting and people going in and out and honking. I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'll, I'm going to just go to Arco. I'm going to just go to a 7-Eleven and get myself a Slurpee and call it a day. But it was one of those things that I was like, man, the waiting in that Costco was ridiculous. And a lot of times, nobody likes to wait. We, we don't like to wait as human beings. I don't know about you, but when, when it comes to maybe traffic, we don't like to wait. Or when it comes to the food order, right? I don't know about you, but I, I love my In-N-Out from time to time and, and my Chick-fil-A from time to time. And I don't like to, to, to wait that long. And some of these places offer some waiting periods. Or maybe when you're in the theme park, you've had to wait. Or maybe in the grocery store. You're doing a waiting or doctor's appointment or for your spouse or husband or wife or for a baby for retirement or maybe for this sermon to be over. Just, just wait, just wait. But it's interesting that as I was thinking about this just wait moment that we sometimes have, statistics show that the average person spends about close to an hour every day waiting for something. It's interesting that, that when I was looking at this, like about an hour a day, we as human beings wait for something. Whether it's elevators, traffic lights. These are the things they were considering. Elevators, traffic lights, your turn at the intersection, your turn to pay the groceries, a, a cup of coffee, table at your food, right? The computer is loading. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a slow computer, yeah, the computer is loading. I'm still on that. Even, even a microwave, you're waiting. Come on, the hot pocket, right? You're waiting. Um, they say about 5% of your day is spent waiting. Imagine, they made, they made this, and you know how these statistics people do. They, they, they tend to add it up, and when it's all added up, the waiting over a lifespan of 70 years. Look at what they came up with. A lifespan over 70 years, the average person will spend more than three years of their lives waiting for something to happen can you believe it and if you if you've reached the 70 year mark you've spent three of those years if you accumulate together waiting and it's interesting I was talking to my wife about this my wife Vanessa and we were chatting and kind of talking about this and she said something interesting fact she said babe but that's not even that's not even including the the long layovers right at, at, at the airport that's not even including she said the LA traffic right come on you got to take into consideration that's not even including the waiting and at the DMV but it's interesting that when I think about this the real problem isn't 
about waiting. The real problem isn't about waiting. It's what happens in our hearts while we wait. It's what happens in our hearts while we wait. It's not about the waiting. But it's what's happening in our hearts as we wait, as we're in line, as we take time, as we're watching the clock. It's what happens in our hearts. And that's where I want us this morning to start to think and maybe have a moment for us to examine our own hearts. It's interesting because for too many of us, waiting creates this downward, downward spiral of impatience, right? We sometimes lose it when it comes to waiting. We sometimes get frustrated when it comes to waiting. We get a bit selfish. Be like, yo, you, you cut me. Right? When we're, when we're looking, selfish maybe and anger in our hearts while waiting in life. We even get to the point sometimes of looking at flaws in the people in front of us. We look at the people in front of us. Like, what is she wearing? Look at what she's wearing. You know, we start to get, all of these emotions start to trip us up a little bit while we're waiting. And today I want to speak about the matter of the heart when it comes to us as believers, when it comes to waiting. It's interesting that as I was looking at this, and this is how we respond to other people, what happens in our hearts when God, what happens? And I want to ask you guys this question, what happens in our hearts if this happens with people and we look at them at flawed and we get frustrated and we get upset, what happens when God allows us to wait? How do we react when God allows us a season of waiting or maybe we're in a period of waiting? How do we react to that? And I want to ask you guys a question. And my second question is this, if I can get it on my slide real quick. It's this, this is the question. It's, um, it's when, you, when you think of waiting, just wait. Um, who are some people of faith in the Bible that had to wait? Let me hear from you guys. Who are some people of faith in the Bible that had to wait? What would you guys say? Okay, we got Abraham, right? We got Abraham. We got Moses, right? Moses. Abraham, you know, with the child, the promised child. We got Moses. What else? Anyone else? David. David, that's right. David. What else? Anyone else can come up with some other ones? Anna waiting on the child, Sam, yeah, Anna, what, what else? It's interesting that when we look at some of the things, I want to just share with you a couple of the things that these people of faith can teach us about this waiting season and how it can work in our hearts. I think when I was thinking about this message and I was saying, God, what, what can I share with the church at Relove? I think there's something that I felt that God was telling me. It says, tell them to just wait. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know. You might be asking, well, pastor, what are we going to wait for? That's the thing about God. That's the thing. That's the element about God, that God wants you to wait in that moment. I don't know what it might be or what it is, but it's just wait. It's interesting that when we look at the Bible and we look at people of faith, we look at people that had to wait. We talk about Abraham. Abraham waited for the promise to be fulfilled. If we look at our Bibles, let's look to Hebrews chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to be just going, flipping through these texts real quick. Hebrews chapter 6. Look at what it says. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 15. Look at what it talks about Abram. It says this from Abraham 615. It says this. Now when it says, then Hebrews 615, it says, then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God has promised. You see, Abraham waited what? Patiently. 
and he received what was promised. It's interesting that when we look at Joseph, Joseph waited in the prison for a purpose. He waited in the prison. He was in the prison. And it's interesting that the Bible in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 says, you intended to harm me. At the end of his life, he says, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to save the lives of many. You see, interesting factor here. We have Abram. We have Joseph. And it's interesting enough that David waited to be king. It says, the Bible says in Psalms 40, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. There's something about in our hearts that God is trying to teach us as a community, maybe teach you in the season that it's going to take some waiting. Just wait. I want to go to a verse that I felt inspired today by today's sermon. It's Isaiah 40, and we're going to be there for a couple minutes today. We're going to be there. We're going to plant there. Isaiah chapter 40, verses, uh, verses we're going to read from verse 28. This is, check this out. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28. And when you're there with me, say, I got it. I got it. Okay, you guys are there. Okay. If, if you're not there, say, wait for me, Pastor. Wait for me. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Here we go. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Look at what the Bible says. Isaiah, I want you guys to know that before I speak on this chapter, I want you to know what's happening here. You see, uh, Isaiah is, is a prophet of God. He is a voicemail. He's, he, he is the voice of God. He's speaking to the people at this point, and he's, he's gone through so many things. And last 20, the last pretty much 39 chapters of Isaiah is pretty much telling the people, hey, you got to return to God. You got to return to God. You got to return to God. Hey, we, the, the way you're going is not going the right way. Return to God. And now he comes to a moment in this chapter where he says this, have you not heard Verse 28, have you not understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all of earth. He doesn't, he doesn't grow weary or tired as some of us do. No, he can't compare the depths of his understanding. He says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, but the young people will also fall into exhaustion. But I want to point here, verse 31, but those who wait on the lord see this is the key right here god is trying to tell us this morning we love i don't know where you're at in your life but god is saying hey just wait those who wait on the lord it says what shall renew their strength shall find new strengths they will soar high on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint it's interesting enough that i want to talk to you for a couple minutes on this idea of wait it says it's interesting to know that what happens here during this period is that in, in isaiah the, the the people of god are divided just reminds me of our country right now divided there's divide division divided there there's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom and here isaiah is trying to proclaim something and there's an interesting word that i want us to look at it's the word wait which means kava the word is kava and look at what it says here. Kava means this. Kava is not this, okay, I'm just going to wait and wait for something to happen. No, but look at what it says here. Kava is this idea that means to wait actively with anticipation. It means this idea of hopeful watching for God to act. So it's this anticipation that I know something's going to happen and I'm what? I'm looking to make sure where it's coming. To wait, to look to hope, to expect. He says, those who kava 
upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those who are watchful and waiting, patiently waiting what God is about to do. This is not the idea of like, okay, well, you know, sometimes in our Christian world, we're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm just waiting on God, you know. I'm waiting. No, no, this is the actively waiting. This is where I'm like coming to the Lord and say, God, I know, you're, I know you're about to do something. I know you're about to do something. I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm, 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 I'm aware. I'm, I'm paying attention. Those who kavah, who are waiting actively in anticipation. It's interesting that one of the things that this reminds me of uh, is every Friday, me and I have a Josiah who's about to be a four-year-old, and I have Isaiah who's a two-year-old. And these two men, I'm telling you, they're always running around. They're, they're, they're active. They're active, right? And uh, one of the things that we have enjoyed and one of our family traditions has been that every Friday is a Chick-fil-A day. Yeah, that's right. That's our family tradition in our home. Every Friday is a Chick-fil-A day. And so Friday comes, and I'll be honest with you, my, my son, my little son, he knows how to say the word Chick-fil-A and old McDonald's. And, and uh, sometimes he has a hard time saying other things, but he, he knows how to say those things. And it's interesting, when Friday comes around, he, he doesn't, I don't have to remind him. My wife doesn't have to remind him. It's one of those things like, Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, he's like, he just, he just wants it. Chick-fil-A. It's like, oh, okay, okay. So Friday comes around, we're getting ready, and it's interesting because he's already anticipating, right? He's waiting for this moment. And as, as he's waiting, he knows that dad on that Friday is about to go make that run, Right? And as I go and make that and pre-order it, because I'm not waiting in line anymore, I pre-ordered that thing on my, on my app now because I've learned my lesson. I pre-ordered that thing. I go and they say, somebody's waiting for you. I go in, grab that. I bring it home. And as I'm coming home, this, this little guy knows I'm coming home. And he knows the moment I open the door, I don't, he doesn't even see me. He may, he does, maybe he doesn't, I don't even know if he hears me or sees me walking. I don't know how he knows, but he's like literally on the couch like, like, right, he's like waiting, right? And I'm like, and all of a sudden I open the door and this man is like, Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, wait, how do you? And it's interesting, the anticipation of him knowing that his father is going to go and bring him that. And, and bro, this, this kid loves the fries. The waffle fries are, are to die for with that Chick-fil-A sauce. But as he looks forward to this moment, he's anticipating. And that's the same word that we get here that the father up above wants us to wait anticipating expectantly that God is going to do something that same that same childlike faith to know that the father's about to do something it's the same way that God wants us to actively look to him it's interesting that this is something that's interesting for me to find is as you look at the text I want you to look at the text and it says this those who wait on the Lord interesting and I've never seen this before and God was allowing me to see this it says look how interesting this text is it says three things here after you've trusted in the Lord, after you waited on the Lord, it says you will gain new strengths. And there's three things that will happen. Number one, the Bible says is what? They will what? They will what? Soar. Right? And then the second thing is which one? They will run. And the last one is what? They will walk. It's interesting because if you think about it, usually you want to start where? Right? Right? Usually you want to start walking before you soar, right? Usually it's the walk. Then it's the what? Run. Then it's the run, right? And then it's the what? And then, it's the, then we, we, fly, we fly. You know, it's interesting enough that I, it got me. 
Because I've, I've read this text many times and I've never seen it. But the Bible says here, and Isaiah says here, that those who trust, those who kava, those who wait anticipation, expectantly as watchmen, wait, they will first. Wow. Why is that? Why is that? It's interesting because I started watching that and I started looking at that. I said, that's so interesting that they would soar first, they would run second, and they would walk third. Sounds a little, it sounds a little weird, but I want to I break this down for you this morning. The first one that says here, it says what? They will soar. I want to take you to a verse in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Look at what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Look at what it says. Ephesians talking about this soar. Because it's strange that we were soarers. You know, usually we want a kid to walk. We want a kid then to run. And then we want a kid hopefully to spread his wings. But here it says to soar first. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. The Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. And it says, it says this, it says, for he raised us up. Who does this? God, Jesus does this, right? He raised us up together from the dead along with Christ and what? Seated us up in him in heavenly places because we are united with Christ Jesus. So the first thing God does in our lives as we say, God, we trust you, we're watchful. The first thing he wants to do is raise us up. So us can get a better perspective to see what's happening. God wants to raise it. The moments you spend time with God in his word, he gives you perspective to see life. If there's one thing that you need to understand about God's word is that he's trying to help you understand what's happening. He starts to help you understand what's going on. And the first thing he wants to do is elevate you. So you can see. So you can see. And look at what's the second one he says. The first, after he's raised you up, after he's raised you in the heavenly places, after you understand your identity in Christ, after you understand that God loves you this much, after you understand all of this that God has for you and you, and you fix your problem, you, you fix your attention on God and you say, God, I want to live for you. I want to walk with you. I, I want to I be raised up. He says this. This is the promise. The second one is we run, right? Hebrews, go to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Look at what the Bible says here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large crowd of witnesses of this life of faith, let us strip of every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily entangles us or trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this, how do we do this? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the beginner and perfecter of our faith. So the second thing is as God raises us up, he wants us to what? To run this race. To know that, hey, we know where we're going. We know where we're headed. We know our promise. We know who's got us. So as we raises us up, he wants us to continue to run run this race and whatever is tripping us up whatever is holding on to us we got to let that go whatever sin so easily entangles us we say god lord we focus on you the consumer the author of my faith and so the first thing as he raises us we run and the last one here it is the last one is we walk colossians 2 6 colossians 2 6 look at what it says colossians 2 6 just go back a little bit and it says colossians 2 6 it says this 2 verse 6 and now, just as you have accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow 
him. What this means is you continually hold his hand. You walk with him. This is every day I continue to walk. So God is, is beautiful because Isaiah tries to give us a perspective to see life. As a Christian life, we don't, we don't start by walking. We don't start by running next. We don't start by so We start by soaring. We start by soaring. And as we soar, God says, hey, continue to run. And as you soar, you run. And as you run, you continually walk with him. All of this begins, why? Because we what? Kavah, we wait with anticipation to what God is about to do. But you know what? I'll be honest with you, church family. The hardest thing to do is to wait on God. We, we as human beings have a hard time waiting on God. But it's interesting here that waiting is a process of becoming what God wants us to be. Waiting is a process of what God wants us to be. I want to close off this time today and as I looked at Isaiah 41 but those who kavah those who look with anticipation trusting in the Lord will renew new strengths they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint now you know why now you know why as believers because we first we soar then we run and then we continually walk I want to close off with this story and I love this story it's one of my slides and if we can go all the way to the back um I, I love it. Henry Newman says this about he says uh there's this author he he writes this he wrote this book called sabbatical journeys and he writes about some of his friends who were trap trapeze artists that's right any of you guys ever done this or no no hey I was like I was like maybe there's someone I don't even know who knows but I've seen it before. I've been to Santa Monica. I've seen the little, you know, they got the little thing. I was like, man, I wouldn't mind trying it out one of these days. But I don't know. Make sure they got that nice landing for me. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. But he says this about, about his journey and talking to some of his friends who were uh, trapeze artists. He says this. Uh, they were in the circus and, and they were talking about their lives had this effect on him. They were called the Flying Rudellas. One thing they told Henry Newman was that there's a very special relationship between the flyer and the catcher on the tra trapeze. There's a special relationship that happens right here. Special relationship. The flyer is the one that lets go and the catcher is the one that catches. As you might imagine, this relationship is important. Especially to the flyer. When the flyer is swinging high and above the crowd, when he's soaring high and above the crowd on the trapeze, the moment comes when he must let go. He arcs out into the air and his job is to remain as still as possible and to wait for the stronger hands of the catcher to pluck him from the air. He has to wait in the air and trust somebody's going to grab his hands. It's interesting in this conversation with him, he says their trapeze artist told Newman, the flyer must never try to catch the catcher. The flyer must wait in absolute trust the flyer will that has to wait in absolute trust for the catcher to catch
he must just wait. There's a point in our journeys that this is a relationship that we have with God. There's a point that there comes a point in our journeys that we might not understand. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through so difficult? Why, God, haven't you answered? I've so many times I've come before you. I've told you. I've prayed. And nothing seems to be happening. And I want you to know that God has promised something for us. That I know sometimes we not might have the explanations. Me as a pastor, I might not have the answers. But I know that as you seek, as I know, as you wait, as you cavall with anticipation, waiting for God to do something, just like he did before with many people that came behind us, the people of faith, God is wanting to work something out in your life. But you know, one of the biggest things is we need to wait. And I think today, this morning, I, I think there's something that God is maybe stirring in your heart, telling you, son, daughter, just wait. Just wait. Wait with anticipation. Don't wait like you're waiting for something. Wait with anticipation. Wait for something because something's about to happen. Something's about to happen, but wait. Just like this relationship, the trapeze, as he lets go absolute trust he's anticipating those hands that will catch him know that God's hands want to catch you this morning he wants to catch you wherever you are he wants to catch you whatever your past has been he wants to catch you and this is what keeps me here at church is because I still fall I still mess up I still have problems at home I'm still figuring out how to do this fatherhood so if you have, if you have any ways, let me know because I got another boy on the way and I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I was talking to my boy Brandon. I was like, bro, how are you doing? I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I'm going to trust. I'm going to look in anticipation and know. And if there's something, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to keep it real with you. If there's something that I'm learning in this season right now, as I journal with God and as I'm sharing my heart with God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? How am I supposed to do it? He's like, just wait. And I'm like, no, 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 but God, what do you want me to do? I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm Just wait. Because in that waiting, you will go deeper and deeper and deeper in your trust of me. And that's what I've been having to learn in this season. I'm not saying I have it down, but I'm trying to learn to go deeper and deeper trust of him and you might be asking well how does this happen pastor one thing I've learned and I put it one of the quotes I put up there in one of my slides it talks about solitude and silence I've learned the three S's and if I can leave this with you and you can try them this week go ahead try it if you want but number one is stillness you need to stop you see, our schedules are so, hey, I got to do this. I got to go pick up the kids. I got to go run. I got to run. I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I can't even talk to you. I got to, you know, we're always on the go, but stillness. And the Bible says, be still and know that what? He is God. That's why God created the Sabbath, for you to be still, for you to be here and to relax and to know, hey, 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 God's got this. Don't worry about it. Hey, I, I got you. I've got you. Just come. Just come into my presence. Hey, be still. Number two S that's helped me in my spiritual life is solitude stillness solitude alone 
We don't like to be alone. I don't know about you, but I'm a person, a people's person. So I need to be with people. Hey, what, what are we doing tonight? Where are we going? What are we eating? Be still. In solitude, be, be quiet. And the last one for me that's helped me is stillness, solitude, and silence. And silence. Yeah, that's a big one, silence. Because I talk a lot. I don't know about you, but I talk a lot. So I'll be done. I'll be done. I'm keeping it real. Silence. Stillness, solitude, and silence. Because that is where the soul is strengthened. So my prayer for you today, church family, we love. If this is you today, and you want to say, God, I want to practice this. I want to grow deeper in my trust of you. I want to go deeper in my trust of you. I, I may be one of those three I haven't done Maybe I'm, I'm the I'm person always talking, or maybe I, don't, I can't be alone, but maybe this week I'll try it and see what you tell me, God. If this is you and you want to try one of these this week, I just want you just to close your eyes wherever you are. Just raise your hand. Every eye is closed. Just raise your hand. If, if this is you and you say, God, this is me. I, I need to practice a little more of this. I need to be quiet. I need to be still. I need to be in solitude with you, God. Father, you see every hand here raised, God. Every hand in here raised is your child and your daughter. You love them. And Lord, we've just heard that those who wait on the Lord will gain strength. Our soul will be strengthened when we are still in your presence. And that's contrary to what the culture teaches. That's contrary to what the media teaches because they're always about the noise and what's happening. But Lord, this is where we lie where we know that you will take care of everything it's when we go deeper in our trust of you so today God your children today as they raise their hand to you they acknowledge that they want to number one is be still number two is to continue their walk with you in solitude and number three is to listen to be silent and to listen to you speak to their lives I pray Holy Spirit that you can speak to someone this week speak a new word into their lives they've come here with so much in their hearts maybe it's a mother maybe it's a child maybe it's someone that hasn't been walking with you whatever it is God I pray that today you can speak to them and remind them how much you love them we thank you so much for your word and we look forward to and I know you're telling each one of us to not just Yes,